Scripture reading from this evening comes from Psalm 55 and from Psalm 32. First, Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Psalm 32, verses 3 through 5. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Though my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this evening it's cold, it's, it's, it's rainy, it's dark. What a lovely day for a Nash Wednesday service. All is as they should be. I imagine that as we enter into the season as a body, we're all in different places as we begin the season of Lent. Uh, I imagine that some of us sit with uh, excitement, maybe, anticipation. We're ready for the season to begin. We have our devotional ready. We know what we're going to fast from. We're ready to go. But I imagine with some of us, maybe there's some indifference. Uh, I call this the I feel nothing crowd. And maybe for some of us, it's not excitement, it's not indifference, it's maybe uh, some cynicism. Maybe we're a little skeptical about the season and its usefulness. If, If I'm being honest, since I've been at Shades, I think I've been in all these places at the beginning of Lent. But, but, No matter where we are this evening, no matter how we find ourselves approaching this season, I think it's worth asking the question, why Lent? Why Lent for Shades Valley? Um, You know when somebody just says something in passing, just kind of off the cuff, it's a phrase or a statement, and it just stays with you. You remember it, and it it comes to mind constantly. Well, I had a seminary professor that in a a class once uh, just totally said something in passing that stayed with me. It's been really helpful for me. He said this. He said, the Word of God, the Scriptures, um, the Scriptures are the speaking voice of God. Scriptures are the speaking voice of God. And he said, church history is the listening ear. I want you to think about that with me. The scriptures are the speaking voice of God. And in church history, church's history, is the listening ear. Um, The scriptures always speak correctly as the word of God. But the church in its history, throughout its history, 
um, doesn't always hear correctly, right? Um, they hear wrongly. Uh, they fail. But we also acknowledge that at times, by the power of the Spirit, uh, the church hears correctly. The church reads the Scriptures correctly. The church um, implements practices and, and habits that are good. Um, and, and so we, as the people of God in 2021, um, in this pandemic, can, can learn from our brothers and sisters who have gone before us. We can learn um, how to read the scriptures. Um, we can learn what it looks like to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. A reality that I've come to believe is that if we in the church are to move into the future as faithful followers of Jesus Christ, then we must mine from the past. Our past. Um, not blindly accepting everything and not just doing it because the church has done it before. No, we accept that there are mistakes. But at the same time, we acknowledge um, that the Spirit is working and active throughout the entirety of the history of the church. That God has been working. And that we can learn from it. And so we think, I think, that observing the season of Lent is one way that we can learn from those who have come before us. Um, observing the season of Lent causes us to enter into these rhythms and have these practices in which we join with Christians who are long gone. All in the hope of better understanding the Bible and worshiping Jesus. So, so what are the rhythms? What are the themes of the season of Lent? Um, well, Lent is a season of self-examination. It's a season of self-reflection. It's a season of prayer. Um, it's a season where we meditate on the scriptures. It's a season where we fast um, Lent reminds you and I of something very important. Uh, Lent reminds us that we're not yet home. I tend to forget that. Do you? Um, it reminds us that you and I are on a pilgrimage, if I can use that language, um, and that while Christ is with us by the Spirit, He's here, He's active, He's working. Nonetheless, the scriptures reveal that this pilgrimage is a pilgrimage that's marked by trials. It's marked by suffering, and it's marked by temptations. These all characterize the age that we live in. And as we worship together, as we commune with God, we get a foretaste of our future. But we're not yet at the feast. I tend to forget that. How about you? Um, during the 40 days of Lent, uh, leading up to Easter, um, we look back to the people of God, to Israel, in their 40 years of wandering in the desert, where they faced temptation and where they were completely dependent on God's provision. 
But we don't just look back to the 40 years. We look back to Jesus in his 40 days in the wilderness. Do you remember? Like Israel, he faces temptation. But unlike Israel, he doesn't bow down to idols. What did he do? He fasted. He fed upon the word of God. He lived in total dependence on his heavenly father. Jesus, in this way, is a pioneer for us. He's a model, but he's also our victor. He models in his humanity, I think this is worth thinking about, he he models in his humanity what dependence upon the Father looks like. And through his victory over sin and death, he brings us into communion with the Father so that we can be empowered to live in the midst of trials and temptations. As we enter into the rhythms of this season, we remember. We remember something that I tend to forget, and that is we need more than food and water and shelter if we are to truly live. I mean, really live. So, Last year, uh, I invited us into the season, uh, no matter where we are, and no matter how we're approaching the season, I invited us um, to enter into the season to depend on our Heavenly Father through the practice of fasting. Um, One theologian said, there's no Lent without fasting. Now, I think he overstates the point a little bit. Um, but I think he makes it nonetheless, right? Um, And we fast not to earn God's favor, uh, not to earn God's love, not to prove to the church or to others around us that we're super Christians. You don't need to do that. I know you all. You're all super Christians. Um, We don't even do it because we have to do it because it's Lent. Rather, we do it to make space. To make space. Um, Our age has been called an age of distraction, and I cannot think of a more fitting term. Can you? Um, In fasting, we're not adding something to our schedule. We're removing something. Removing something to sit and to reflect. Um, Last year, I encouraged us to enter the season through fasting. And and this year... um, I want to also encourage us to enter into the season through self-examination or self-reflection. Self-examination or self-reflection. The psalmist writes, Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. The psalmist also writes, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. My strength was dried up. I acknowledge my sin to you, and you forgave. All of us in this room walk around with a weight. We do it every day. We walk around with a weight. What's that weight comprised of? Well, it's comprised of past wounds. Wounds that we have received at the hands of others. Parents, 
friends, colleagues, siblings, spouses. Um, and we also walk around with the weight of our failures, right? Our failures, where we have failed God and we've failed one another. And for some of us, we've walked around with this weight for so long that we've forgotten that it's there. And we've just learned to exist with it. Um, but not only that, we've believed a lie. And it's a lie that I believe is straight from the enemy. And do you know what that lie is? That lie tells us that if we are to deal with our past wounds, and if we are to deal with our current failures, then we must remain silent. Don't tell anyone. Don't, don't be honest. Don't let anybody see that. Because if they do, they would never love you. And not only that, but how could God love you? Because he sees it all. We believe that lie. So, I don't know what you hear when you hear self-examination, right? It's not a word that we use a lot in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, but self-examination uh, in Christ, as I'm calling it, is not to go down the road of shame. It's not to go down the road of despair. Um, I think this is important. It's not to go down the road of perfection and simply problem-solving. No, it's to enter into the rhythms of grace. It's to bring our entire selves before Jesus. It's to be honest and to finally name things before God and before one, of, uh, and before one another that we've needed to name for so long. Self-examination so that we can meet Jesus, so that we can experience his love and his grace. This is the reality of Lent. Um, you and I, we're mortal. Uh, we're dust. We are failed. We have failed, excuse me. We have experienced um, horrific evil, um, but yet we are beloved. We are beloved sons and daughters of the King, and we're invited to turn to him so that we may see Jesus. Amen.